what's interesting uh, is that this year, for the first time uh, in our Super Bowl research, we're seeing more people, uh, a greater percentage of bettors uh, are going to place one of those traditional bets, right, with a, with a sports book. Hi there, it's WAMC News Director Ian Pickus. And on this episode of the WAMC News Podcast, after the big game, what's next for the sports betting industry? Well, for millions of Americans, betting on sports is getting easier all the time, and they seem to like it. That's the conclusion of a new survey from the American Gaming Association. The trade group says betting on the Super Bowl this year accounted for $16 billion in wagering by more than 50 million Americans. The AGA says 57% of American adults now live in a legal sports betting market. Just before kickoff, I spoke with Vice President of Research David Foreman. How has the sports betting industry changed over the past year? Well, it's, it's really, uh, I think it's grown up over the past year, right? We're almost five years uh, out from uh, the Supreme Court decision, which allowed states to decide for themselves whether to legalize uh, sports betting. And since then, uh, I think legal sports betting has really expanded at a pace that nobody uh, would have anticipated a few years ago. I mean, today we're uh, legal, sports betting is legal in, in 36 states. And in 2022, uh, Americans would have wagered almost $100 billion legally uh, on sports, something uh, that they weren't able to do uh, safely uh, in the past. Here in the Northeast, uh, Massachusetts just allowed uh, legal sports betting to begin um, just a couple of days ago, and it appears Vermont will follow suit sometime soon. How long do you think until every American can bet on sports legally? Oh, I don't know if we'll ever get to every state um, legalizing sports betting. There are a couple of states, uh, uh, Hawaii and Utah, which have have no legal betting uh, at all, right? Even a lottery. Um, so I don't know that every state will eventually will ultimately legalize sports betting. But uh, I think uh, in the next few years, ultimately, the vast majority of Americans uh, will have access to to legal sports betting options. I think right now, uh, you know, Florida and Texas and, and California are kind of the big uh, big markets that have have yet to open up, uh, but there's proposals and work being done in all three of those to make sure that people uh, in those states have the option to, again, bet with, bet with legal regulators um, who offer consumer protection and access to responsible gaming tools for consumers. Um, what percentage of the overall gambling dollar is now uh, coming from sports betting? I mean, obviously, there's been you know horse racing and, and lottery and casinos uh, that all predate sports betting. Yeah, sports betting is still a pretty small uh, portion of the overall U.S. Uh, legal market, right? Depending, uh, you know, half of the market is, is tribal betting, and, and it's hard to get data for some of that stuff. But uh, overall, sports betting is somewhere in like the five to eight percent range of the total uh, total U.S. industry. So uh, it's a hot topic right now. It's something that a lot of people are getting access to for the first time. But in terms of the the total market size. Uh, and of the industry, right? Brick and mortar casinos and slots and table games uh, are still dominant, but uh, but sports betting has been growing every year, and as more people get access to it, and as more people realize uh, that they have uh, legal options, I think we'll continue to see that share grow. What about the difference between in-person sports betting at legal sports books and uh, the growing trend of online sports betting through apps? How does that break down? Uh, well, I mean, you know, consumers want to bet online for the most part. Last year, about 90% of sports bets were placed 
online. Uh, and it's just a different experience, right? Going to a sports book uh, in person is fun, especially for, for really big events and with your, when you're with friends going out for the day or for the night. Uh, but most people don't live that close to a casino. They're not able to go to the casino sports books every day or for any given event. Um, and people uh, want to bet on sports uh, from their home with their friends or at a bar, again, with their friends uh, or in other social settings uh, together with people. And so, uh, again, you know, you see the vast majority of betting being done uh, online or on people's phones. Are people still using, you know, sort of under the table bookies or that kind of thing? They are. People are certainly uh, still using bookies. Uh, People are still using unregulated offshore uh, websites, and I think especially because of the long history of sports betting kind of being this uh, illegal kind of uh, under-the-table activity in, in almost every state for a very long time, uh, sort of this culture growing up around these illegal operators, it, it's going to take time to get people to to realize that things have changed uh, and to educate them about legal options. But I think that's, you know, one of the benefits of the legal op- market is that people are, are exposed to, to advertisements from legal operators who can uh, raise awareness of those options. Um, and all those advertisements come with responsible gaming messages, and all those legal apps and websites come uh, with responsible gaming tools, again, that aren't available to people who are, are you know, betting at the corner with their bookies, certainly, uh, but also not online uh, with with the sports books that are based in uh, Latin America, uh, in the Caribbean, or in, like, you know, uh, the Isle of Man, you know, in, in the channel. Well, obviously, the the Super Bowl is the most anticipated sporting event of the year, so it's a bit of an outlier, I would imagine. To what extent can you break down the number of people who maybe have placed a sports bet or, you know, they wanted to put some money down on the big game versus people who are regularly betting on sports and, you know, can provide uh, stability for this emerging, you know, market and practice? Yeah, it's interesting. The Super Bowl is is the single biggest betting event uh, of the year. Uh, about 1% of all the money bet on sports over the course of the year is bet on the Super Bowl. Uh, and you're right, it is the Super Bowl and March Madness to some extent too are kind of unique betting events uh, in this country, right? A lot of people will bet, place the, you know, a traditional bet, right, with a, with a, a sports book on them, but a, a lot of other people will bet you know, what we call casually, right, at an office pool or a squares contest or a, a bracket challenge. Um, for March Madness. And I think what's interesting uh, is that this year, for the first time uh, in our Super Bowl research, we're seeing more people, uh, a greater percentage of bettors uh, are going to place one of those traditional bets, right, with a, with a sports book rather than um, as part of a, a, a bet with a friend or a, a, a squares contest. And I think uh, one of the reasons for that is the expansion of, of the market, right? Um, the majority of Americans now have access to, to place those kinds of bets legally and safely. Uh, and so uh, a lot of them are moving their business in that direction. What are long-term projections, though? I mean, um, this has sprung up in states, and it's been exciting for those states when they receive their first-year revenue reports from legal sports betting. Uh, but you know, public officials, including like the New York State Comptroller, have warned that you know it might not be a, a long-term strategy to bank on such revenue. This could be something like a bubble. Is that something the industry is worried about? No, I, I don't think sports. I don't think sports betting is a bubble uh, at all. I mean, I think even in states, uh, you know, more mature markets, you're seeing that uh, again, people are are moving away from illegal operators to to legal places, and uh, even in a place like Nevada, 
uh, right five years ago when when the Supreme Court overturned PASPA and gave states the opportunity to legalize that there was concern that that would hurt the sports betting industry in, in Nevada because people had other places to go. But um, the exact opposite has been the case, right? Sports betting handle in Nevada uh, has boomed since then. Uh, we've seen continued growth in betting in states that have been online for a while, um, like New Jersey or like Iowa. Uh, and so, uh, no, I think you're going to see continued, you know, more uh, measured organic growth in a lot of states over the next few years, right? New new markets coming online give kind of a a, a good one-time boost to the overall market size. But, um, you know, I, certainly not a bubble. I think you'll continue to see uh, people discover the uh, the excitement that comes with betting legally. So just one more thing. Um, is there enough market for all of the different competitors who have rolled out sports gambling operations or uh, skins, as they're called, uh, different apps that are available? Because uh, as I say here in the Northeast, as we've watched this expand, um, you know, you can't go a commercial break without seeing uh, all this competition for the gambling dollar. It's really that's an interesting question and it's kind of a hot topic in the industry, but it's really a state by state um, phenomenon, right? In the Northeast, you have a state like um, New Hampshire where there was really only one operator, uh, and then you have other states, uh, you know, not in the Northeast, but like New Jersey uh, or Ohio that have uh, a multitude of operating licenses available, and so there's a lot more competition there. So, um, in terms of competition and consolidation, I think really it's going to be a state by state. Uh, uh, phenomenon, and, and we'll see how kind of the market develops and how uh, how the, the industry reacts. Right, it's a new industry. There's a lot of a lot of entrants in it, and it'll uh, it'll certainly mature uh, over the next five or ten years, and, and that'll look different uh, in each market. Okay, we've been speaking with David Foreman, Vice President of Research for the American Gaming Association. David, thank you very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ian. All right, that does it for this episode of the WAMC News Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Ian Pickus.